Algar Productions. Picture this. Well, you have to picture it since this is radio. Actually, it's not technically radio, but it's easier to call it radio since there's a century of pre-existing shorthand in place for what is essentially the same medium. Man, aren't you glad I'm narrating these stories now? Anyway, imagine, if you can, a confused man running through a cornfield. I realize it sounds like I'm asking a lot of you here, but don't worry. I already imagined it for you. I also did my best to provide the sound of this happening. I just need you to meet me halfway, more like a quarter of the way from your end, and give yourself a mental picture of what this guy looks like. I guess it'd probably help if I described him to you though, huh? Alright, you know how every soap opera has a rakishly handsome late middle-aged dude with an eye patch? This guy is ours. His name is Case Cutchington, and he most definitively died 30 years ago, hence the confusion. Case woke up in a location unknown to him just outside Contentment Corner a few weeks ago. He was, as you might expect, a bit out of it after having been dead for so long. We're just gonna go ahead and skip the part where he relearned how to speak and use a toilet again because that would be unenduringly tedious, don't you think? <laughs> hey, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Is this, uh, is this the Sheriff's Department? That's right. Sheriff Magma himself is on the desk right now. Magma? Sheriff Magma. Okay. Thanks. Sure thing, Mr. Cutchington. Cutchington? Sarcastic Voyage presents the continuing story of Contentment Corner, starring Brian Lynch as Sheriff Bax Magma. But about halfway across, the wasp stung the crocodile who realized he had to go back for the grain. So... There you go. Uh, I do? Oh, you betcha. It just goes to show. Show what exactly? Okay, maybe I can explain this a different way. So, during the French Revolution, there was this guy called Robespierre. Oh, Deputy Cinder. Help. I was just telling this gentleman here help. a story about... Seriously, help. Sheriff, you know who this is, don't you? How's that now? I mean... You are who I think you are, aren't you? I suppose that depends on who you think I am. Look, I have to work with... Now, this puts me in mind of the parable of the lunchroom mollusk. That. So the more straightforward you can be, the more likely you're going to receive whatever help it is you're after here. Got it? Yes, ma'am. Now then, where was I? I think you'd finish, Sheriff. Oh. And that made sense then, did it? As much as anything else you say does, yes, sir. Super. So who's this now? Case Cutchington, Your Honor. That's who I thought you were, for the record. My reputation precedes me, then. Well, yes, but mostly the part of your reputation that involves you being dead. Since 1987. Dead, huh? Apparently. Well, that's a real brain teaser. For me as well, sir. It's not my usual practice to hang out in police stations without an invitation. We usually call those warrants. But I wasn't sure where else to go. One minute I'm going to sleep the night before my wedding to Ottawa St. Corby, and the next... It's about two weeks ago, and I'm waking up in a location unknown to me, just outside Contentment Corner. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mr. Cutchington, you died at that wedding. Assassinated by Tordovians in an explosion that destroyed St. Corby's soap and sent your wife-to-be into a coma. I saw the wreckage. I saw Miss St. Corby in the hospital. And... I saw your body. Dead as Cutchington. 
Oh, in fact, I think that's where that now common expression came from. I'm with you, Deputy, except I'm with you, Deputy. He's got you there, Cinder. So, just so I'm clear, Mr. Clutchington, you want our help in determining the precise nature of your resurrection. Right, that. If it's not too much trouble. Well, actually, it's a bit outside of our jurisdiction. <laughs> no trouble at all. Wait right here. I'll get the book. Right, the book. I'll just wait here, then. He seems nice. All right, Cutchington, what's your game? No game. I swear I'm telling you the truth. I, I woke up in the middle of a cornfield two weeks ago with only the most basic memories of who I was. Physically, I was the full-grown, rakishly handsome fella you see before you now, but... Mentally, I, I was an innocent, wide-eyed child. Well, just the one wide-eye on account of the eye patch. And it took you two weeks to get yourself together enough to wander in here and ask for our help? That's right. This raises so many questions. Where'd you sleep? In the cornfields. What did you eat? Corn. Huh. All right. I guess that actually answers all of my questions. Can I ask you one now? Well, two, including this one. I guess. What's the deal with the sheriff? I mean, he seems a bit... More than a bit. Extremely. Sheriff Magma has an analytical mind that operates on a whole different level from yours or mine. Everything's a symbol to him, an abstraction. That's what all the weird parables and historical lessons are about. He can draw all sorts of seemingly irrelevant connections between variables that most people can't even perceive. But it also means it can be somewhat difficult to, uh... Now then, let's see if we can't find a glass shell for our hermit crab here. Alrighty, we'll start on page one. You may want to take a seat, Mr. Cutchington. This could take a while. I'm good standing, thanks. Do you have amnesia? Hmm, no, not that I remember. Are you aware of any previous lives, i.e. prior reincarnations of your immortal soul? That might harbor some sort of grudge. Don't think so. Uh, what about alternate personalities? Uh, how many personalities would you say you have? Uh, just the one, as far as I know. Good, good. Have you ever been exiled to France? I've never even been to France. Were you switched at birth with one or more babies from a rival family? No. Have you ever been involved in any love triangles, quadrangles, pentangles, or, uh... <laughs> oh, they changed this one. It says just love polygons. That's much cleaner. Have you been involved in any of those? Well, several. I mean, look at me. But I'm not sure how that's relevant to my current situation. Sheriff, I probably should have said this hours ago, but I'm not sure if the book is the right approach here. Why didn't you say that hours ago? Honestly, I was kind of curious how you might answer some of those questions. Just general nosiness, really. Charming. I'm open to suggestions, Deputy. Well, sir, the last thing Mr. Cutchington remembers is the night before the events that led to his eventual death. Alleged death? Shut up and let me help you. Maybe we should get out there and talk to some of the people who were around back then. See if they remember anything. Excellent idea, Deputy. Thank you, Sheriff. Now I'll start with Miss St. Corby. Oh no, I'll take care of this. You could just stay here and keep an eye on Mr. Clutchington. Lucky you. Yeah, everything's coming up cinder. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, Miss St. Corby. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... I'm never sure what to call you. On account of you having the personalities of three generations of St. Corby women living in the same baddie. As revealed in episode 31, The Three Faces of Miss St. Corby. Signed, Archival Al. Miss St. Corby is just fine, Sheriff. Oh, that's quite a hair twirl you have going on there. Uh, Tanda, is it? Got it in one. I'm not sure it's entirely appropriate for you, a 16-year-old, to be flirting with me, a man in his 40s. It puts me in mind of something Rasputin once said. Not the one you're thinking of, though. 
<sighs> You're right, Sheriff. Terribly inappropriate. Also, she knows I hate it when she touches my hair. Ah, so it's uh, Vatican now. That's right. I understand you're here to talk about Case Cutchington? Yes, ma'am. Uh, see, there's a man down at the station who's a dead ringer for the fella. Yeah, that's what Deputy Cinder tells me anyways. I never met him myself. But I understand you have. I have. But to be completely honest, I did everything I could to avoid contact with him. I mean, he kind of always creeped me out. Like like a teenager flirting with a cop who's old enough to be her father? Got it in one. Anyway, my mom thought he could do no wrong. I suppose she's the one you should really talk to. Well, I mean, if it's not too much trouble. To be completely honest, it's excruciatingly painful every time we switch personalities. What you perceive as a few seconds between transitions feels like centuries to us. Long, agonizing centuries of almost unendurable suffering. Every time we do it, all three of us pray that it'll be the last time. That sweet death will finally release us from this never-ending torment. Wow, really? Nah. I'm just messing with you. It's like that tingly feeling you get when you, like, fall asleep. No big deal at all. Bye. Hello, Sheriff. Ottawa St. Corby, I presume. You presume correctly. Now, what's this about my beloved case? Yes, I said beloved. He was a flawed man, but he was always good to me. I'll thank you to keep your opinions to yourself. Sorry about that. Now, what can I help you with? Well, ma'am, it would seem that Mr. Cutchington, whom we once believed to be deceased, is now, in fact, not. Well, that doesn't sound right at all. I'm certain he died in the, well, the incident that put me into a coma. To be completely frank, Sheriff, I'm not sure I'm worth much to you as a witness. Because of the whole coma thing. Right. I guess my near-terminal unconsciousness is a bit of an inconvenience for you now. So, sorry about that, I guess. Uh, oh, I'm just messing with you. You St. Corby girls have a wonderful sense of humor. Seriously, though, I don't think anything I could say could help you here. Although, now that I think of it, you might consider talking to that demon who runs the gym. Uh, Felicity Brimstone. That's her. I seem to recall her running into case about 25 years ago. Well, seeing as how he died 30 years ago, that uh, definitely seems relevant to my investigation. Oh, Case is most certainly dead, no question. I admire your confidence, Miss Brimstone. It is one of my more admirable qualities. But it does put me in mind of the proud watermelon. Have you ever heard the story of the proud- No, and I don't really want to now. That's <laughs> fair enough. The general gist of it is- Can I pass on the general gist of it, too? I just want to know how you can be so gosh darn sure the man is dead is all. I went to hell, and I actually saw him there. Hell, you say? Yes, you've heard of it. And you were in hell on account of you being a demon. Well, I was in hell on account of my now friend and fellow covenmate Erasure de la Cruz was confused and misguided and accidentally banished me there, but yes, I am technically from there. And you saw Case Cushington while you were there? <sighs> yes! Oh, your god, is this gonna take much longer? I have things to do. Oh yeah? What kind of things? Literally anything but this. I just need to be sure that the man in our police station right now is definitely the man he says he is. Well, I definitely laid eyes. And by eyes, I mean the ethereal analog for eyes that functioned as sensory organs for my spirit in the underworld on the man 25 years ago in the dankest pits of the netherworld. And actually, I haven't thought about this in years, but actually he's the one who helped me get out of there. Huh. So you're saying the man in our police station is not Case Cutchington? No, I'm not saying that at all. There are at least a dozen ways his soul could have been brought back to the mortal plane. I am saying that I owe Case a thank you for rescuing me from hell. So if it does turn out to be him, tell him to swing by my gym. I'll give him a free month of spin classes. On me. 
No, you know what? Tell him 20% off. I'm sure I would have figured some other way out of hell without his help. So I figured as a psychic, you could help me contact the spirit of Case Clutchington in hell. If that is indeed where he is. I can indeed do this thing you ask of me. However, I don't work pro bono. Brother's gotta get paid, you know what I'm saying? Mostly. Well, given that I don't even know where to start acquiring a warrant for metaphysical services, I uh, guess I could take it out of petty cash. <laughs> Excellent. Now, be seated. Why, so the uh, psychic energies can flow better? No, you just make me nervous standing there like that. Your gun is right at eye level. It's really off-putting. Oh, sorry about that. Now, shall we begin? Yes. There was a rhetorical question. Now cease your infernal gibbering. Please, officer. Alrighty. Drudge Report, Breibart and Huffington, reveal to us the damned spirit of Case Cutchington. Yes, hi, hello. Is this the fellow? Yeah, he looks like it, but I never actually met him in person. Possibly, so, uh... No, spirit! Are you Case Cutchington? In the flesh. Well, the opposite of that, really, but... Yes, that's me. I'm him. Case Cutchington. Is my name. Well, wait. That doesn't add up. If you're Case, then who, pardon my language, the heck do I have in my police station? Might be Leslie Nielsen. Some people say I kind of look like Leslie Nielsen. No, he's dead too. I just spoke with him last week. A client wanted to talk to Enrico Palazzo, and, well, you know the rest. Yeah, so sorry I can't help you, but, uh, hey, speaking of help, maybe one or both of you could get me out of hell? Well, I'd like to, but that's a bit out of my jurisdiction, I'm afraid. And I simply don't want to. <sighs> right. Well, okay, thanks anyway, I guess. Well, this is awkward. Do I hang up, or...? That'll be 500 American dollars. All right, let me just get my... Hurry it up, hurry it up, I have customers waiting. Do you take Venmo? What do you think? So when you say, bring home a loaf of bread, it's just like when the Spartans thought... Oh, hang on a second, dear. I think somebody's trying to flag me down here. Sheriff. Sheriff Magma. Morning, Mr. Uh... Irons. Glenn Irons. All oh, right, you run the radio station over there, don't you? I am indeed the program director for SVFM's primary affiliate here in Contentment Corner. I heard that uh, piece you did where you interviewed people that voted for the president and asked whether or not they were still satisfied with their choice. If you only heard one piece, you definitely haven't heard the entire story. We run a new one semi-hourly. So, did you want something, or...? Uh, yes, of course. I understand you've been looking for information pertaining to Case Cutchington and the reappearance thereof. I am, but I'm sad to say the search may be drawing to a close. I, I haven't so much found answers as I found the uh, exact opposite of same. Well, what does the double C say? The, uh... The what now? The Compendium Contentmentium. Still not following. The comprehensively researched, exhaustively updated database of every unusual mystical and super-scientific occurrence in the history of this town. Wait, that's a thing? How do you know about this and I don't? My brother, Trace Irons, was sheriff of Contentment Corner for six years. I can't be certain why you don't know about it, though. But do you know where it is? In the secret vault below the pumping station on 5th and Park. You know, where the sheriff's department keeps all the sensitive equipment you've confiscated over the years. Boy, none of that's ringing a bell. Suppose I should get my keys drawn down to that pumping station and see what's what. That seems prudent. Sorry, I gotta ask. 
Are you vaping? I am. It doesn't exactly jive with the tweety mental image I had of you from the radio. Well, I heard it was the hot new trend. Well, Mr. Quitchington, I have your answers. And you won't believe what I've... He's gone, Sheriff. Gone? Gone. And there's more. Oh? Brace yourself. Okie doke. I'm... pregnant. Well, that's wonderful news. Right? No, it's not wonderful news. I'm pregnant and Case Cutchington is the father. Huh. Episode 33 of Contentment Corner featured Mark Bosco as Case Cutchington, Christy Brannon as Felicity Brimstone, Brian Lynch as Sheriff Bax Magma, Nicole Santora as Miss St. Corby, Amanda Smith as Deputy Cinder, Jason Wallace as The Psychic, and Ron Algar-Watt as himself and Glenn Irons. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt and produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2017. This puts me in mind of the parable of the lunchroom mollusk, which is actually a fable because the mollusk can talk. That is true. That's the difference between a parable and a fable. If you ever wondered, now you know. Fables have talking animals. This is why I got cast in this part, isn't it?